WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it! Film Sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoci at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook. Also on the tw- the Twitter. The Twitter. At Matthew Soce. Yep. And uh, we have a blog. Did you did you finish your part of the blog? Uh, yes, I did. Earlier this week, yes. So we have a new blog posting that you can read at filmsociology.tumblr.com, the subject of which something that we're going to be tackling on today's show. Oh, big time. Yep. Big time. There's there's plenty of discussion for this. So uh, the man's voice you just heard, he's uh, he's, he's helping Tyler Hansborough how to read in the offseason. Yep. That's Kobe Slagle. Hello, hello. Good to have you here. Yep. Can we, can we play? We have special guests, so they deserve special music. Oh. That that music I picked out that that's I told you. Uh, that's yeah. the one that's on the desktop here. Could you play that? So, uh... so let's dance, let's dance, let's dance, let's dance, let's dance, let's dance tonight. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's enough. I had to cut the end, the beginning, because you know I need a lover is isn't as long as the beginning of Last Dance. Megan McKinney and Laura Williams are here. Hello, ladies. Hi there. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. And we're going to talk about Donna Summer and the film Thank God It's Friday in a little bit, Mm -hmm. which is partially the reason why. That and, you know, it's in my contract. I must be surrounded by beauty at all times. start. (laughs) (laughs) Never stopping. So, but we got, I got to let this run out because I want to have, no, keep playing. It's fine. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I know you're enjoying it. You're checking, like, man, if there was a real drum kit, I could do it with this. (laughs) You would do, you would have the band that would do like the disco songs, but you'd actually perform. Oh yeah, you're yeah. all about that. All right, wait a second. So we all have got to have equal time because of the news uh, that came out right after. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait for wait, it. Where is it? Yep. <laughs> Nobody plays this, especially from the film. because you know, they actually had a career before disco, and, and they had one after. So. And, and for me, my, my favorite film involving disco, that's Saturday Night Fever. So there's one gib left. Okay, that's enough of that. Is there only one gib left? Yes. Really? Yep. That's, that's very sad to know. Yep. Andy's gone. And mm-hmm. So uh, no Sergeant Pepper 2. Is Robin, Robin Gibb was very Just twin, right? They were twins. Something like that. Yeah. It's hard to... I, I can't tell the DNA no, of the Gibb family. There was, there's four of them. There were four. There were four. Now there's one. Oh, yeah, okay. So, you know. Yeah, that's rotten for that family. No mending that broken heart. Mm-mm. All right. I'm just letting this run. I know you it's are like, letting you only got like 24 seconds left on this. That's fine. That's all right. Riding a train all night in your <laughs> dingy white suit. <laughs> wanting to get back. So... But we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. New in theaters this week, Men in Black 3. <laughs> Everybody could hear Megan's eye roll in that one. That's <laughs> that's good. Everything I've read about it, though, it's better than two. So oh, I, I guess it's fun. It, yeah, it'll be so, fun. So, you know, if you want to see Josh Brolin imitate Tommy Lee Jones, I tried looking for it on YouTube. I think you're going to have to actually go to the theater and hear it. Oh, I bet it's so, fun. So, um, you know, helping, helping Jaden's uh, film career going on. 
Um, also, Chernobyl Diaries, not not a uh, not screen for the press. Gonna, That's, gonna, that was Kobe sighing yeah, heavily. I'm gonna be missing that. You don't like scary movies no, in general, so nope. you're not really missing it because you weren't gonna see it to begin with. Nope, you're right. Okay, and the uh, the uh, dark comedy Bernie, starring a uh, guy who's on your list, Jack Black, oh, along with Shirley MacLaine and Matthew McConaughey. Who cares? The McConaughey McLean Black family, <laughs> and Richard Linklater, I believe. So there. What so else, there. What else you want to know? <laughs> but also opening in theaters today is the documentary First Position, which follows the lives of six young ballet dancers, male and female, as they try to get into a very prestigious ballet company. This is a BB gun. Probably shouldn't shoot it right now. And this is a foot stretcher hurts a lot and this is to help you turn i started dancing just for fun but now it's so much more than that people don't realize how hard it is to make it as a dancer kids who are pursuing ballet as a career give up their childhood it never stops hurting you've been working your body to death since you were like five Tenacity is the main thing that a dancer needs. You have to follow your dream. A lot of men think ballet is not what it is. I have to say, I never expected my son to be a dancer. But I couldn't be prouder. Point. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I was born in Sierra Leone, West Africa. My parents were shot by the rebels. It's a miracle I'm even here. I think I live a pretty normal life. My nickname at school is Barbie because I can bend in all different directions. <laughs> Those people that say I've missed out on childhood, I think I've just had the right amount of childhood and the right amount of ballet. Pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. I'm from Colombia. I work for my family. Oh. My dream is being a professional ballet dancer. Five minutes to show. Five minutes. So many dancers who like to have a career, but very, very, very few succeed. At least 5,000 enter the competition, and then only a couple hundred make it to New York. It was horrible. You have a five minutes on stage to prove why you deserve this chance. Finally, my dream, my life is going to change. So we have a, a what I call a niche documentary. That's we have In this case, we have six dancers trying get, to get into the Youth America Grand Prix. So we get to follow there. Uh, and, of course, they, they find six very distinctly different kids and the parents that you know have to live with them or vice versa. Um, but it shows... If anything else, and it's a reminder, especially for you Black Swan fans out there, how much effort and time and physical strain for young ones. Uh, you heard the one girl say, you know, uh, basically spending most of her childhood with dance and the sacrifice that has to be done. And, and you know, there's six kids. Guess what? Not all six are going to make it into this. So it's one of those, you know, do they or don't they? Do you care about the kids? You do. Do you care about the parents? Yes, not as although there's maybe one parent that deserves a mild shaking. Um, there's it, I kept thinking of Spellbound, the documentary about the spelling bee documentary. Now, now there's a couple of kids and a lot of parents that really need a, a Daniel Day Lewis level beatdown in that film. Not so much in this one, but one thing that I thought was cool was there is one moment you have a very the, the pushier of the pushiest of the parents who has a daughter and a son in ballet, and halfway through the documentary he stops dancing. So, pretty good angle on that. Um, di- di- didn't think I would see that in a film. Now you don't. There's no public declaration. He just stops. Um, yes, the, the the tall 17-year-old blonde named Barbie. Yes, that's an easy punchline right there. She has pink and sparkles and everything all over her car and her room, and looks like something that even John Hughes wouldn't cast in a film. So, um, but overall, especially if you have young ones or you you have any link or connection with the arts, um, it's worth checking out. So we'll, we'll, I'll be definitely showing the smarter two-thirds of this film. Now that was a good movie! It was. It was. So 
You know what? Let's um oh, Cobe. Um you have the Midnight Movie series up there? Yes, I do. We should really uh promote that since it's coming up. It's uh you know, coming up in June. That's next right. weekend. It starts next weekend. Um The Lost Now I know you ladies are, are not old enough to remember Midnight Movies when they were a regular thing. Um I hear Megan's eyes roll. Um <laughs> But uh, Midnight Movies are coming back to Keystone Landmark Cinemas on the north side of town, and they start next weekend. Kobe, run them down for us. And I will ask, ladies, would 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 you go and stay? Would you stay up until midnight to watch these? Um, if I didn't have a ten-month-old baby, yes. That's what sitters are for. I know. So. Yeah, can you can you get here at midnight? We'll be back around <laughs> three or four. You know, you know. <laughs> You know, we run in similar circles. You know there's at least one or two friends that might be crazy enough to do that. That's true. I mean, the benefit of that kind of sitting gig is that you can sleep right through it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Brian, call her. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, Cole, let's let's run down. Let's let's check out these. Next weekend, June 1st and 2nd, 7, June date. 8th. Oh, and... That's a date film right there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a midnight date movie if there ever was one. Thank you, David Fincher. And it's a good thing you're up all night watching that movie because you won't sleep after you watch that movie either. <laughs> Come on, what's in the box? What's in the box? I'm sorry, go on. June 8th and 9th, Rushmore. Uh, that's Wes Anderson, especially with Wes's new film, which opened in bigger cities today, and we'll we'll hopefully get it in the next week or so. All right. June 15th and 16th. The Tommy Wiseau masterpiece. The Room. The Room. Yes. Get a sitter. (laughs) Not kidding. Not kidding. I'm definitely going for it. There's going to be two showings because... It's going to sell out. Is is that the popularity? There um, may be three. I think they added a third. They last added. Year, didn't well, they, they? added. They, they no. They added weekends. a second weekend. Yeah. Matt, surely. I mean, surely the popularity of this film is due in large part to you around here. I oh, mean, I wish I could claim that. But then, <laughs> largely, yes. <laughs> we are. We are. We are in the central Indiana. We're the source. film authority. <laughs> we are central Indiana's news source of the film of the room information. Yeah, I'm but, pretty confident that it wouldn't have nearly the. Uh, widespread at least awareness of the movie without you and you're just saying that because i'm here i think there's a lot of morbid curiosity too. um and yes and you're gonna hopefully check it out this weekend that's true. with my copy that's true. so which means of course june 8th i'll be running my classic interview with tommy Wiseau once again as as we were saying off air uh, terry gross can have repeat broadcasts of anybody involved in the wire mad men or the muppets I have Tommy Wiseau and people from Food Network, and that's really okay. <laughs> I don't mind playing a classic interview whenever possible. So anyway, yeah, the room is uh, the 15th and 16th. I know we're definitely going the 15th. Cope, mm-hmm. you, you can't you can't punk out on this one. I'm not. All right, no. this is it's official because it's on the it's on the air. June 22nd and 23rd, The Shining. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yep. 20... Another another date film. Yes. And bring your child. <laughs> I have a bit of trivia about The Shining. Do you go it, for it? It was. It was released, gosh, I just read this yesterday. I want to get it right. Okay. It was released in the theaters two days after Star Wars. No. It's not right? No. Star Wars. Empire 19- Strikes Back. Um, we might have I to check on right. that. Because Star Wars Empire is 77, because mm-hmm. apparently the 25th anniversary happened this week. So thank you, Tom Berg and other basement dwellers. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I the thought Empire years was. Right. I thought Empire was seven. Okay, well, we'll, we'll Kobe, let's check on that release we date. We might have to yep. check on that. We'll, but we'll check that. I just read something. It was a trivia thing about little-known facts of Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, and there was a. They, I think The Empire Strikes Back studio where they were fi- filming part of it was actually right next door to Empire Strikes Back. Okay. The Shining. Yeah, because Kubrick liked to to film in England whenever possible. Let's 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 double check that. So right. I'm afraid you you won't be able to Google old chicks today. <laughs> you might have to ask, yeah, you might have to check on actual titles. Anytime I bring up an actress from the day and I get this blank wall, I say, well, go Google her, tell her, you know, and and he does. <laughs> so you're a better man for it. <laughs> okay, so The Shining, I interrupted. So, no, no, it's fine. So yeah. The Shining, great film, another another date, another family movie. Yeah, another movie one right that you, you'll be really glad you're awake all night for because <laughs> you're not going to go to sleep after that one. Go on. All right, onward. June 29th and 30th, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Wait, these are just one date movie after another. Nice, <laughs> A nice frothy comedy about erasing a relationship. Okay. Here we go. July 6th and 7th, Jurassic Park. Ooh, oh, we're going. Another Ooh, one of our favorites, going. yeah. And Laura Dern in khaki shorts. All right. Um, <laughs> it just so happens that my daughter is named after Dr. Ellie Sattler from Jurassic Park. I, no. did, I did not know that. Yeah, no, that's not <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Sorry. Along with my son, Rashid. <laughs> okay, what's next? July 13th and 14th, Fight Club. Oh, boy. That's a, I mean, that's... 
It's hard not to like that movie. It's a good movie. There you go. July 20th and 21st, Ghostbusters, the first one. And then wrapping up July 27th and 28th with The Big Lebowski. Where oh, it's gonna that'll be, be fun. It's going to be 420 at midnight, big time. <laughs> Yikes. Look it up if you have to ask. Um, one other film note for this weekend. If you go to uh, MeTV... Actually, I was. Are you? Are you? Are you working right now? I'm. Yeah, I'm on the. Uh, I'm uh, doing that thing. Yeah, do that thing. That yep. thing you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. The old eaters. <laughs> um, fine, I'll do this. Um, on MeTV, which is a thirteen point three WTHR thirteen point three. Then uh, demand demand that you have MeTV. But uh, Spanguli is on tomorrow night at ten o'clock with the one and only Rich Coes. And tomorrow night's feature, The Mummy's Curse. Fine 1940s universal black and white horror because that's what you that's what you need on Saturday nights and it's over at midnight so you can go to sleep or go to a midnight or go to the, movie, or go right. to the midnight screening so um Kobe, we're gonna take a break in a little bit if okay. you can you're right over there I was gonna have you do I was gonna have you do like a Kerwin or Tombstone ID if, <laughs> but you're multitasking no I'm good I'm good you right? can uh, you know what we can do whatever you want here Matt wow. can you believe this power wow I know I. Rule with an iron fist <laughs> and other Canadian metal bands. All right, let's let's tell you what, let's let's take a break so Kobe can get some information and uh, we'll talk about what's new on DVD and Blu-ray. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. <laughs> about either one of them. I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals! It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. Just go, just go open the video store. Yeah, open the video store. Blockbuster Video. Wow, what a difference. Hey there, it's Ted Allen from Chopped on the Food Network, and you are listening to Film Sociology with Matthew Sosi on WFYI Indianapolis. You're impressed, aren't you? Oh, that is funny. I like that. <laughs> that's a good guy. That's a nice, that's a nice intro. I, we, we, you know what? We lead the league in show IDs. Yeah. <laughs> other stations you know what i say i know there are classic rock stations that have their uh barrage their buffet of uh, show yeah. ids they got nothing on our show ids Mm-mm. we might do a medley later on <laughs> we'll see <laughs> welcome back to film sociology thanks ted here on uh wfyi hd to the point and wfyi.org if you have a question or a comment you can email me at msoci at wfyi.org also on facebook also on twitter at matthew soci and i guess i should say because the uh, Deadline, I think, is Sunday, but uh, if you go to Nouveau.net and and you can vote for your favorite things uh, around Indianapolis. Yeah, Roxana did it earlier today, and I, I decided to be shameless and do it this weekend. And you can go to the category favorite radio personality, and yours truly is listed. All right. There's yeah. no harm in that promotion. No. You want to be everybody's favorite. I know, but I know the results. <laughs> no, I know who I'm up against. And even if I did better than them, then I, it looks bad if I go, in your face! <laughs> Which I would never do, of course. Of course, of course. Or so. even be tempted to. Of course no, not. Nah, no, not at all. Never. Really. No, I know. Really. That's really. <laughs> Megan McKinney, L.R. Williams, hanging out with me. And... We do have a we do have a uh, clarification, right, Mr. Slagle? That's right. Uh, the Empire and the Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. How, what was that Strike, movie? To- the Empire and the Strikes Back. <laughs> is that the Passion and the Christ? What is it? Does he have the fire and the passion he too? He does have the fire and the passion. Okay. The Empire Strikes Back was yes. released on May twenty first, nineteen 
1980, and The Shining, May 23rd, 1980. So, Megan, you are correct. Ding, 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 ding. So, thank you, Megan. Thank you, Brian, for starting this piece of information. Um, And, Laura, you you were saying off-air you had a story about about Empire. Would you share that with us? I, yeah. This is a public service announcement, so pay attention, jerks. There is a spoiler spoiler alert involved. Oh, I'm sorry. If there's a spoiler for a 30-year-old film... But guess what? They're made out of people, all right? There. Doug, hot, plug Ellie's ears while you're listening to this part. So, for people leaving theaters, this is the public service announcement. Yes. I was a nine-year-old child waiting in line anxiously to see The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. and these people walked by, and they said, just as loud as could be, so that was really weird. Um, Darth Vader is Luke's father, so... They just totally spoiled it. Wow. Way to go, jerk face. Yeah. I hope that guy's listening and knows how much he broke your nine-year-old heart. You know what? Somebody that heartless and stupid is not listening to this show. That's a really good point. There you go. So, no. no, What you do is you come in with the wrong ending. Right. Like walking out of Lethal Weapon 2 and saying Riggs and Murtaugh are lovers. That is what you (laughs) yell when you come out of a theater. Not the actual ending. Exactly. hell's wrong with you? So, please. It's not even creative. It's just stupid. Yeah. Don't be a jerk face. Don't do that. Yeah. There. There's our public service announcement for this Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) You're saving lives, Laura. Don't be a jerk at the theater. (laughs) Okay. We're going to move to what is uh, new and old on DVD and Blu-ray this week. And I'm going to start with the biggest surprise i had this week watching movies it's the the new i know for some people when you say pg-13 thrillers it's like sugar-free ice cream um this is an exception in this case it's the thriller the woman in black also known as the post harry potter career of one daniel radcliffe you know can i interject something please do that's your remiss if i didn't mention that the woman in black the film is actually based on the you know the story which was also adapted to a play which is playing at Civic Theater in the fall, believe it or not. The stage version. And where can they go for more information? Civictheater.org. There you go. Of course. But, yeah, it's it's a wonderful story. It's, you know, well, I'll, I knew, I'll let you talk no, about it. No, no, it's fine. I knew nothing about it. And it was, you know, kind of every, everybody, well, the three kids in that show in, in Harry Potter, they, they have to go on and do other things. Right. So, of course, and Mr. Radcliffe. When not doing Equus and how to succeed in business without yeah. really trying, uh, is in this film. He plays a uh, a young barrister, a widower, um, who has to go to a uh, a small English town, coastal town, where where creepy creepy yeah. coastal town in England, because that's what you have back then at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of the townies, of course, don't like the stranger from big city London. And there's Kieran Hines and Janet McTeer, and uh, it's a small town where kids mysteriously die for some unknown reason. And not as ridiculous as in the happening, but mysterious nonetheless. And, of course, he has to check over the paperwork for this old abandoned house. Now, watching this, I, I had really low expectations because I, as a cynical old man, I have very little very little hope for horror movies these days. These kids and their saws and whatever. <laughs> but uh, I sit on the front stoop, except I don't have one. I, <laughs> our house isn't a duplex. I just have a stoop built in the front yard. But you do have a on. lawn to yell at kids to I do. Off, right? I do, yes, okay, like good. like Gran Torino. Good. And uh, what was interesting was one of the producing com- one of the production companies for this is Hammer, the English Hammer horror films from the 60s and 70s. I should make you watch one of those, Slagle. Mm-mm. No, not even 60s Mm-mm. vampire movies? No, I saw this. Don't... Uh... You saw Women of Black didn't do mm-hmm. anything for you? No. Uh, scary. So it did do something for you. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. but you didn't enjoy it? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you not enjoy it because it was scary? He's yeah, not a scary. Much. He's no. not a scary freaky movie. You know, I'm not guy. a big scary movie person either. But I think of this as more thriller than like gory. See, and... that's the thing. Where do you draw the line? What is the line between thriller and scary? Thriller, I like. Scary, I don't like. So if I like it, and it's Quincy Jones and doesn't help. Like and, and Quincy <laughs> Jones's production and Vincent Price's narration. John Landis directed the video. Now in this one, because it's Hammer, because I I grew up watching those, you know, the Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee movies of the sixties and seventies. It follows that format. You have, of course, the town not liking the city slicker. There's a lot of shots of Daniel Radcliffe, you know, quietly with a candle walking through hallways and opening doors, and things are behind him, and he turns and they disappear. I mean, it's it's is it kind of by the book? I I guess. And there's probably lots of mist and yeah, there's fog. a lot of yeah. mist yeah. and and Kieran Hines and foggy things but, but, and silhouettes. Yep, yeah. silhouettes what, and but, shadows and mm-hmm. dark stuff. Right. A little, but not a lot of blood. And I mm-hmm. think also because it's PG-13, you can't have, you right. know, 
knife hit. That's probably why I would like it because it's PG. Yeah, you don't have knife hitting blood. There's just there's enough disturbing images because it it involves kids and of course as a new parent, that's gonna really that's gonna strike a nerve. But without and I'm uh, without giving away much, it's it follows the standard spook house story. It doesn't try to be anything more or anything. You know, they didn't try to do any overt twist or any weird conspiracies it's just a simple well-made except for a couple driving scenes they were kind of 40s green screen but it's a simple well-made spook house movie Mm -hmm. that's it and you know radcliffe is he's what 25 i think something like that so you know he's 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 a, and in this he's got a four year old kid, so it's it's feasible, but uh you know it's it, it was a film that had to be done so you can move away from the franchise and it's actually much better than I thought. I mean it could have been a lot worse, it could have been a lot gorier. They could have had extra twists and turns near the end that weren't mm-hmm. really necessary, like a Shyamalan film, and uh, it doesn't do that. Now, do you agree with what I've said, but yes. Mr. Slagle, but you yes. still didn't enjoy it? No. Okay. No. All right. So. Well, I hope you'll enjoy the stage production at Civic Theater. <laughs> <laughs> the you did see, uh, you have seen scary stuff on stage. Uh, you saw Dracula, didn't you? Yeah. See? Yeah. I, was, think, I think plays I think tend to be Dracula less scary. What? I don't think of Dracula as scary, though. Okay. Like everyone sort of knows the story, you know what's going to happen. And... Well, you'd be surprised because those are the people whose phones go off in the audience. <laughs> well, see, at Civic also we're really glad that we're doing it in the fall because we're it's actually running over Halloween, so we can mm. we can actually Ooh. make it very double the scary. Yeah, double the scary. Yep, I so, see. That's kind of fun, but yeah, I'm but you liked it. I mean, overall oh, yeah. you liked it. Yeah, so this yeah. is a good set. Good. So so is Brent playing the title role? <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> that I'll... wouldn't be that scary. <laughs> it, it would be for different reasons. <laughs> exactly. Okay. For also on DVD and Blu-ray, we'll move away from the scary stuff and we'll get to the action stuff. We get <laughs> <laughs> the action stuff with everyone's favorite one-name director, McGee. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's This Means War. And this is um, what looks like a screwball comedy between Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine, and the other guy. I'm terrible, I remember. But it, but uh, the two guys are spies who wind up uh, having affections for the same woman, played by Reese Witherspoon. Um, and what's interesting is it's more of a bromance between these two guys who are partners, the spy partners together. Their boss is Angela Bassett. Way to go, guys. Um, <laughs> and, of course, they use their spy skills to uh, to thwart the other's plans as far as uh, landing Miss Perky Pants, as I like to call Academy Award winner Reese Witherspoon. Um, my only issue is, of course, that because it's a spy thriller, you have to have spy elements. And guess what? The girl in question becomes a pawn in some plot that she really has nothing to do with. So you couldn't just have a straightforward comedy of two spies You're using their gadgetry. I am talking about Miss Perky Pants. <laughs> I know that there are others that fit that category, but uh, I started calling Reese that first. Okay. So may I go on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to chime in until they interrupt me. <laughs> That's the show. <laughs> chime in until shut up. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 kind of a brainless uh, brainless thriller, a brainless action film, I should say. Um, the stunts are kind of cool, and that's you know you rent it. Go to, go I thought to it was Fox. a romantic comedy. I didn't That's know what I thought when you see the billboards and yeah. stuff. Yes, so they was, can get so they can so that. they can get women in the studio. Right. So That's you can true. you know look at one of them or both of them I because women like perky pants too. Well, they do like. Oh yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, she's she's a very romantic comedy standard actress so that's a, you automatically think that you know and yeah women love romantic economy uh, comedies <laughs> yeah that's the right word it is yeah. and her best friends played by chelsea handler let's move on um <laughs> yes how do you have chelsea handler in something and it's not a comedy i mean that's another thing well I'm there thinking. is there is some funny moments I mean, in I don't it think but she's it's, that funny, it's a comedy but, action know. it's an action comedy okay so. i gotcha so yeah that one's do you got a response for that now that was a good movie yeah i have a few in you and then watch it uh and then <laughs> oh i think we just got one right there we, we've been complaining because we haven't we don't have a mediocre yeah response although i think we do i think we do with the animal house we'll get to that in a little bit also new in uh in video stores this week is red tails the uh the george lucas nobody wants to finance my black army mo- black flying movie so i'm going to finance it my damn self uh, it stars Terrence Howard and Cuba Gooding Jr. 
They actually have some scenes together. And it's about a World War II fighter pilot squadron of African Americans in World War II. Um, Is it a historical drama? I mean, it's, you know, based on some historical accuracy. Well, there was a thing called World War II. I know. And there was there are these things called African Americans, and they flew planes. That's about I, the I extent? Think, I'm sure that's the extent. Yeah. But, no, um, I... I so I'm sure somebody from who knows a lot about Tuskegee will send me vile letters or vials, which is okay. Um, but it's also a chance for a lot of African-American actors to to play roles of fireflies. It's not Memphis Belle. It's not Flyboys. Um, although some of the fight scenes, because it's done by Lucas, some of the looks and some of the sounds... You might get flashbacks to other you feel movies. You like they're about to blow up the Death Star. A little bit, only they're fighting the Germans and not the Death Star. So, is any of the are any of the planes named Red Five by any chance? No, they're not. <laughs> Why your stocks just? I'll take females who quote Star Wars for four hundred, please. Wow. Um, so on the one hand, yes, it's it's an inspiring tale. Oh, by the way, Brian Cranston is token racist white officer who doesn't like the plan. Gerald McRaney shows up for a couple scenes, not bad. Um, but yeah, the, the problem is that some of the effects were a little distracting, especially mm-hmm. if you know action films, especially done by Lucasfilm. So, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, recycle them, make new sounds, get get John Travolta to get a new sound system and record new stuff before blowout happens. Um, but I'm sure if you have a good sound system, it will look and sound very cool. Do we got... Otter, don't flatter yourself. It wasn't that great. It... It could have been maybe 20 minutes shorter and probably one battle less. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's George Lucas. He's not going to listen to me. Okay. <laughs> Ever. Um, also new on DVD and Blu-ray this week, The Secret World of Arietti. For you Ghibli fans out there, that's Emma, big time Japan anime. Um, the Criterion Collection certified copy, a fine romantic drama starring Juliette Binoche. The documentary Betty Page, Dark Angel. So long as it's not starring Gretchen Maul, that's all right. And Racing Dreams, Coming of Age in a Fast World, which the, I believe the Heartland Film Festival had a few years ago um, about teen kids that are in the early stages of auto racing. And it was mm. produced by Dwayne Johnson. So those kids got to have a red... Really? Yes, really. He has to do something with his uh, rundown money or G.I. Joe money that he's going to get soon. Which, by the way, they pushed that back. Yes, they They did. pushed it back to March because they want it to open against nothing. <laughs> So those are out. Um, also, uh, in the old titles for Blu-rays, we, we mentioned Lethal Weapon earlier. The entire Lethal Weapon collection is now available on Blu-ray. If you really... Gosh, those are old. Yeah, they are old. Yeah. I mean, I... Mel Gibson had long hair in those movies. And he kept his hatred of the Jews pretty under... <laughs> yeah, under... He, was, he had things kind of reined in. <laughs> reined in that, a little bit. During that time period, yeah. Yeah. He had a driver. Yeah. You know what? Drive. Get a driver. All yeah, right. Exactly. He had a driver. And don't call the police officer lady. Anyway. Um, no, Kobe, that's that's not going away anytime soon. No. But I always remember seeing um, the first Lethal Weapon was part of a preview. It was one of those where you got you you stayed you, you saw the preview movie and then you got to see the actual movie. Lethal Weapon was the opening act for the for the film Over the Top, the god awful sly arm wrestling film. Wow! Talk about that didn't have much of a life after after no it, the no it didn't release. no it didn't and I think but that also I think that also did. squashed the soundtrack career of Kenny Loggins, but uh, yeah that was like wow don't I, say anything about Kenny Loggins please. I I just I just did <laughs> what are you gonna do about it meet me halfway I'm all right if you know what I mean yeah, yeah. okay and uh, you know <laughs> yeah you better you're in a danger zone. <laughs> Yeah, because one of the most masculine movies of the 80s has music by Kenny Loggins in Berlin. Okay. Uh, also, oh, that's right. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Top Gun. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. also, you know, Caddyshack. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And but, a few others. But, but yeah. Footloose. Disney. Yeah. Oh, Footloose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Richard. Um, also on Blu-ray <laughs> this week, he, he got that. We have uh, the, the not one, but two Spaghetti Westerns. One is uh, a bullet for the uh, general with Klaus Kinski and Gia Maria Volante. And uh, I like Spaghetti Westerns from the 60s. Me too. All right. We're going to take a short break. And then we're going to get to a subject that we all know something about and we know somebody. It's – I'm not going to tell you. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Film (laughs) Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org.
Zamanti Tombstone from the Svengulli program on MeTV. And I wanted to advise you that you're listening to Film Sociology on WFYI Indianapolis. I flunked sociology, so <laughs> good luck. Thanks, Tombstone. That's, you can see him on Svengulli tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, MeTV. They're showing The Mummy's Curse. Good stuff. All right. Welcome back to Film Sociology. Matthew Sosi hanging out with Laura Williams and Megan McKinney and Kobe Slagle doing I'm all sorts too. of things. You are here. Yeah. You, you, but you know, of course, when, when we do the Expendables listing, you're always last. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. You're no, right I like that. that. I like that. That's cool. If you check your Facebook pages, you all, it's it's listed. We're listed by last name only. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So it's like the Expendables. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very intense. It's sort of, yeah, but it's like the trailer for a film, you know. Right. Stallone. Eastwood, you yes. know, so see. That's right. <laughs> Somebody's safety word, too, but we won't get into that. Um, that's right. So anyway, we have that going. And we have people that want. Wayne, I have not forgotten you. We will get you on the show. That's Wayne Pratt. Uh, he, he wants this. He said he wanted the Expendables treatment. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, so ladies, besides really, you know, having other smart women surrounding me at all times, um, I found out last week, of course, we, we learned that Donna Summer and Robin Gibb passed. But, uh, um... But Donna Summer, of course, oh, I'm sorry, Academy Award winner Donna Summer because right, uh, the song is. Last Dance won for the 1978 film Thank God It's Friday. Mm-hmm. And, and Megan, you just blew up on my Facebook page <laughs> telling me you not only love the song, you love the film. And, and seriously, I haven't seen the film in years. Oh. But it, but you two apparently this was this was uh, your version of the room. You watch this every week, <laughs> so. Tell us. Well, I, I would have to start, by, and Lara, you know, jump in at any time here, but I would have to start by saying that when Lara and I were in college together a couple of years ago. Or I, I, years I would ago, have said that. <laughs> I was going to say that. Or 20 years ago right. in Rhode Island, believe it or not. Bremoir. And <laughs> you and Kate. So Lara and I went through a phase. It was right after Jurassic Park came out in the theaters. We went through a phase where we decided to watch every Jeff Goldblum movie. Wow! Yeah. Even Death Wish. Uh oh! Uh oh! Actually, I had it, seen it before, and I've seen it yeah. since. But that wasn't. It, we, it wasn't mostly part of... profiled like his B movies. Okay, so Death there Wish are... and Annie Hall don't count. No, no, no. It was. More he lost like, his mantra. Like the tall guy was. <laughs> yes, one I do that, remember that. I mean, that was a treasure that we discovered. During okay. I mean, that's one of the funniest. Where he was Rowan Atkinson, yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the funny yeah. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Of, truly one of the funniest films yes. ever humanly made. Okay. Um. So anyway, one of the films we stumbled on was Thank God It's Friday. Which, which I will say, I remember, cause I remember when it opened. It, it is kind of a, we. Yeah, I know you're amazed at how old I am. Um, I yeah, know how old thank, you're. Only I know. two years older than I am. Yeah, but I act a lot older than you, Kelly. Um, but this is oh, kind Reed. of, yeah, this is one of these kind of. Lynn, Lynn would call it Altman light. You have many different intertwining right, stories in exactly. a single location. For me, the, my my film of that of that style that was not Altman was Car Wash. Okay. Which had a couple people in it mm-hmm. that was in this one, but it's it's one it's a Friday night in a disco, and you have a young Deborah Winger, That's and this right. is one of her first films, mm-hmm. um, trying to get in, and then there's the you know, they're trying to get the Commodores there. Mm-hmm. You got Jeff Goldblum as the smarmy disco he's, owner. Right, he's the owner of the club. The, the Commodores are there. Donna Summer. I mean, it's a pretty star-studded cast, and even the people whose names you don't necessarily recognize. You, they're kind of seventies that people. Young versions of oh, I think that person did go on and become famous. You know, and this is really a good film to check out for IMDb because yeah you can say oh what did that person oh right. that guy that I mean, he was in this and this and this and right this and definitely this. want your IMDb nearby when you're watching it because you go gosh that person looks so familiar gosh that voice sounds familiar and, and there's such a big cast that you're mm-hmm. constantly trying to place you know where everybody landed up you there know, you 30 go. years later and of course Donna Summer plays guess what Nicole a, Sims a singer who's a singer. trying to get her big break That's right. so she does it like everybody should you barge in on a disco DJ's booth and, when they're about and, to go live and save the day. The yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad no singers do that on my live broadcast. That's yet. That can't yet. She says, <laughs> great. Well, maybe when you have the Commodores on and their, their truck gets and their instruments don't get there on time, somebody will. Floyd is on you. stuck. Right. Floyd is stuck with all the instruments. <laughs> Kobe, find me a gun. <laughs> That's a great instrumental right there. So, so you got, you ladies would watch this quite often. Oh yeah. When, what's even funnier about this story is that 
when we were in the when we went to, went to the University of Rhode Island, we would occasionally have snow days in the winter. And there happened to be one winter where we had a lot of snow days. And so what we would do is we would go rent <laughs> a VCR. <laughs> not not just a VHS tape. The actual I mean, equipment. You have to, we, yes. you have, I mean, just to paint a picture, we would go rent the VCR and then rent Jeff Goldblum movies to watch on the VCR. Wow. Yeah. Why Jeff? We just, I don't know. There was, was something about was, him. Like she said, it was like Jurassic Park and something about oh, okay. All right. that just led us into this whole world of needing to discover every role he'd ever played. And once you, <laughs> I did once that with you Raquel see, Welch. <laughs> once you see a couple of his B-movies... And they're so funny, and they're so silly. You can see how it could turn into a habit. Okay. If you had a little free time. Well, and I think also when you watch him in Thank God It's Friday, the, it's not that big of a leap for his uh, breakthrough role in The Big Chill. Well, it, it's one of those – yeah, I mean, he, the role that he plays in Thank God It's Friday is really different from the way most people see him because most you, in many of his movies, he's, he's such a nerd, and he's such a goofy guy. And in Thank God It's Friday – He's kind of a nerd and kind of goofy, but mainly he is the man. Like he's all the ladies yes. are all around him. Well, of all course. The time. And he pulls. Which, which is why he should have Meg Tilly in five minutes in the big chill, <laughs> but doesn't. But he writes for People magazine. He does write for know? People magazine. Yeah. You can't. You know what? You can read Dostoevsky on the can. You just can't finish it. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Nice one. Well, but the one of the funniest scenes in the big or in the big chill, and thank God it's Friday, is in the opening scene when they're sort of introducing all the characters and setting up all the little, you know, little mini plots that are going on around this big disco night. He pulls up in this yellow um, Porsche, I think. Oh right? my God! And he looks Whew. in the rearview mirror and he goes, "Gorgeous," <laughs> to him about himself. I mean, in the third person, exactly. yes. And so. That's kind of funny for Jack Goldblum to be doing that. Yeah, because especially I think especially after especially after Jurassic Park, he he kind of entered that kind of walk in Malkovich world mm-hmm. of having his own zip code. Yeah, but he does television, right. so right. cool cool for him on that. Yeah. All right, so so the Last Dance won Best Song in 1978, and part of it part of it was it was going to happen because none of the songs from Saturday Night Fever were nominated for Best Song the year before. Uh... Right, kind of like Jethro Tull winning Best Metal Performance. So I'm he, surprised Staying Alive was it because. Well, you know what? I think uh, was it released before? Or no, not it's eligible? not that. It was it's the Academy Awards. Oh. You know, they, they were they were hip once giving an Oscar to Isaac Hayes, and then they just had to give it to Crap Rock for a Busy World. Um, but but these are the songs that that Last Dance beat. Hopelessly devoted to you. <gasps> oh my. Yes. Oh, that's particularly important to write on this occasion where tomorrow morning Olivia Newton John is the you know grand marshal for the 500 yeah. parade. You know what I think? I don't think she's losing sleep over losing the Donna. I'm Sunday. a little bit conflicted knowing this now. How am I going to enjoy the parade? <laughs> Go ahead. You'll find a way. <laughs> don't play B17. I'm, ho- I'm hopelessly devoted to both of them, frankly. Go oh, jeez. Well, one's breathing. <laughs> All right. The other one, last time I felt like this from same time next year, co-written by Johnny Mathis. So well, Alan Alda, Ellen Burstyn. I don't think I know that song. Really? It's they they use it at the begin. No, they use it throughout. It's, it's I mean, it didn't win any awards. No, it's. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, because if you don't win an award, your show, your stuff is forgettable. No, it's not. Uh, that's one of those. It, it, they they play it throughout. You can almost use it as, as a drinking game, but not as bad as Evergreen from Star Is Born oh, or okay. and you know Dinah uh, Ross's theme from Mahogany. Um, when you're loved from the magic of Lassie. Written and performed by Debbie Boone. Wow. Yeah. And finally, Ready to Take a Chance Again from Foul Play, written and performed by Barry Manilow. Oh, I do love Barry Manilow. That's a good song. There you go. Yeah, that is a great song, isn't it? There you go. That's And uh, Donna, Donna, bested all of them. Wow. So. Well, I mean, it's almost impossible to hear Last Dance without moving at least a little bit. I mean, it it does get you. It's a great song. Once it starts. It's a little. It's slow. a little slow at the beginning. But she, that was sort of her. That was her. Her gimmick was slow, always very slow, and then the disco beat would kick I, in. I didn't think you could make MacArthur Park any longer than Richard Harris's, but. But but she proved you wrong. Yeah, she did prove me wrong. Yeah. Well, not the first, won't be the last. Not in her case, but it won't be the last. So, all right. I know, bad guy. 
going to move on to a subject that we've talked about all this week. Can I can I interrupt? And Please do. Add one more thing. Yes, dear. God, it's Friday. Yes, dear. <laughs> it is an incredibly fun movie. I have to say. I mean, there's there's a reason that Lara and I have watched it so many times over such a long time. Obviously, it's just a fun, fun movie, and there are so many lines. I mean, it's terrible acting, and it's so dated. And there's you know there's you know, you there are parts of it that you wait, just wait till you watch the room. It's going to seem like Lawrence of Arabia by comparison. <laughs> but I have to say, there are so many sort of one-liners that you take away from it that are really funny, and it's an interesting. I mean, it's a very diverse film, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, I mean, they have one-dimensional characters of all colors, creeds. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I just, it's hilarious. I love it. We well, we'll see because um, you know nothing like death to boost re-releases but we'll see if they do with this the only, of course the only issue is is getting the music rights for everything mm. to, to go along with that so we'll see if it gets a a two-disc special edition you ladies i'm sure will do the commentary oh, can't yeah. wait yeah. yeah we we would watch it a little mystery science theater 3000 style of course yeah, that you would, would be our preference yeah we got to work on that okay can, we have, can that be a, a charity function at civic yeah oh that'd be great <laughs> Civic would love that. You bring it up. Well, all you have to do is, as soon as you bring up my name, you go, oh, of course you'd bring that up. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Science Theater charity event? Oh, so? Yeah, sure. Thanks for letting me get my one last little bit of, you know, yes, dear. support for the film. Yes. It's a good one. All right, so this week, because I, I infl- I'm inflicting the room on Megan, because uh, that's what I do. I want to pollinate this film as much as humanly possible. I've asked for the punishment. It's and okay. You, and now you're going to get it yeah. in spades and clubs. But the question I came up with, and, and thanks to everybody on Facebook who, who posted um, this, the, the question is, a film that you recommended highly to somebody, and they came back with the extreme opposite reaction. Laura, have you ever had this happen? I think I have, but I just can't remember it. It was probably too traumatizing, and I've pushed it back. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if we want to do that kind of repressed therapy. So... We might get emails tomorrow from people who hate it, thank God it's Friday. And then <laughs> we'll wish we were time travelers then... and it could come now, back and talk about that. I, and I know Megan and I were, were talking this week, and it, I didn't do this. However, and there was confusion, uh, of course, our, our fine co-worker, Christina Eulen, and her uh, lady friends, our co-workers, um, came up to me last year and said, oh, yes. yeah, they, they, do a, they do a thing uh, every month or for a while where they would have dinner and they'd go to a movie. And they came up to me and they asked, which would be the better film to watch? The Dilemma or Black Swan. And I said Black Swan without any hesitation, and I got hell for it the following Monday. <laughs> now, to be fair, this is the same group of ladies that picked Love and Other Drugs as the film they watched before Black Swan. So don't put all the blame on me. Just thinking it's a better film than The Dilemma. Yep. And it is. So, all right. So the Dilemma we... must be awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about who is supposed to be married to who in that film, and that's nearly, you know, you know all the warp stuff that happens in Black Swan. It's far more realistic than anything in The Dilemma. Okay. All right, so we got some responses here. Uh, Wayne, this, it's actually Wayne Pratt who wrote, uh, yes, he, he had this with, so I married an axe murderer, which I still don't get. Um, I don't either. Mike Myers, whatever. Yeah, yeah he's Scottish and basically rollers. The Hangover and MASH. Boy. Yes. I wasn't crazy about The Hangover. Um, I, I would be if I was half your age, but I'm not. I'm twice your age. <laughs> um, let's see. Kay from Indianapolis writes, Fiddler on the Roof? Wow. Boy, we got some. Thomas from Indianapolis, 2001. John from Indianapolis writes, pretty much every Coen Brothers film. I mean, you got some, you got some friends with questionable taste. Yeah, know your, well, and know your audience, yeah. you know? Heather, uh, we all know Heather from the North Side. Heather from Indianapolis, Melancholia. And she writes, uh, I'll say this, even the ones who didn't like it, I still had some absolutely wonderful conversations about it. Cool. And for some reason, even the ones who hated it still didn't get angry with me about it. Unlike anyone who saw Tree of Life, not that I recommended that to anyone, they still got angry with me personally for selling them tickets. <laughs> sorry, Heather. I'm, I'm very sorry. Oh, that is tough luck. Yeah. Um, Molly from Vincennes writes, some of my friends didn't get Spinal Tap. <gasps> Oh, oh. I, I, that's I, almost worth ending a friendship. With, I really. I briefly dated a girl who didn't know they were a, a, a joke. Band. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you when I was a kid and Spinal Tap came out, and we went to the video store to rent the VHS copy of it. Yes, it was listed in documentaries. It was not listed. It was not you know shelved in the comedy section. And my mom said to the the video store guy. I think you guys need to know that this is actually a parody. Of I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> they all sound like the kid from The Simpsons working in the movie theater. 
Um, Ken from Indianapolis writes The Fountain, the Darren Aronofsky film. Um, Jackie from Indianapolis, Moulin Rouge. I like Moulin Rouge. Just the right. That doesn't surprise me at all. No, that's a lo- <laughs> that's a love hate film. That's a love hate film. John from St. Louis. Oh, he wrote Reverse. A lot of people told me Super 8 was great, but I think the best part was the zombie movie the kids made. Oh, I liked Super 8. I love Super 8. Yeah. Carrie from Indianapolis, Dumb and Dumber. I don't know if she's kidding. Um, oh, <laughs> Ed from Indianapolis. It's not. It's, it's Ed Trout. Wrote Magnolia. Yeah, that's Paul Thomas Anderson's a real polarizing one as well. Uh, Christian from Indianapolis, 2001. I remember getting to the end of it and a friend of mine being really angry that I couldn't explain exactly what all that stuff at the end meant. Right. <laughs> um, Nick from Lafayette, exactly Nick Rogers, the Royal Tenenbaums. My in-laws will never let my wife live it down. That's a shame. Uh, and then said he, his response to Ed, I recommended Magnolia to my parents. They drove an hour to the nearest theater playing it. Knowing I had a college final at 8 a.m. the next morning, they called me in the middle of the night to tell me how much they hated it. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. I love how so many of these stories, these the, are... the rage that this yes. that, oh, yeah. that bubbles up in people becomes so personal. That's the thing that's so funny is they're, they're violently angry. Yes, at their, they, at the they were cinematically violated right, by, exactly. by these choices. Right. Connie from Indianapolis writes Little Miss Sunshine. Melissa Davis, our uh, engineer right. emeritus over there, she wrote, Never Been Kissed, My Husband. The response was not safe for radio. Oh, <laughs> that movie's so cute. And I know it's a silly movie, but I really liked it. The Hubs, not so much. Oh, Doug from Indianapolis writes, Black Swan. Thanks, Doug. He has excellent Doug. taste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michelle from Bahalia, Mississippi. I think that's near Memphis. Um, also writes to Nick, Royal Tenenbaums is one of my all-time favorite movies. However, the reverse, my mother-in-law recommended The Deep End, which is such an awful movie that I'd rather fall on a sword than sit through 101 minutes of this garbage. Okay, I That's hated a... The Deep End the first time I saw it. The I second time I it. saw it, I loved Tilda it. Tilda Swinton yeah. and the, the dude from... Well, you uh... like everything Tilda Swinton is in. So? She could be talking in Italian the whole time and you still like it. That's me watching Food Network. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's the thinking man's... Whatever. Um, <laughs> Steven from Indianapolis. This is Steve Cook. He's been on the show. Vertigo. I actually watched yeah. it with them, and they hated they hated it. Of course, all caps. Looking at me like I was crazy for recommending <laughs> it. How can you hate Hitchcock's masterpiece? This is Jimmy Stewart's most challenging role. Phenomenal movie, but not appreciated by all, I suppose. Mike Perry, our uh, regular right. Mike, he says hi, Mike, by the way. Mike Perry and I have the same birthday. And so does Melissa Davis, in case you guys didn't all know that. Boy, we, gotta, we should go to Dave and Buster's then. <laughs> <laughs> Play skee-ball. Uh, Mike Perry writes, my friends still, all caps, hold me responsible for No Country for Old Men. They didn't get the ending or lack thereof. Your friends are weird. Uh, Joanne from Indianapolis. I recommended In Bruges to two friends. Neither one of them made it all the way through the flick. Ooh. Ed Johnson Ott's top film that year. In Bruges, love that. I love that movie. I did, too. Uh, Arlene from Indianapolis. Paul and I loved In Bruges, but only got a lukewarm reaction from others. Deb from Indianapolis. Dead Man by Jim Jarmusch. It's the Johnny Depp. Um, it was the last film with Robert Mitchum. Christina Eulen wrote, uh, I think Grand Rapids is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Cedar My, Rapids. Cedar Rapids. She wrote Grand Rapids. <laughs> look at No, look. So I'm not crazy. She wrote Grand Rapids. You see it? Uh, see? Yep. Okay. That sounds like a boring movie. No, it's Ed Helms. It's Grand, Ed, oh, Grand yeah. Rapids? Cedar, Cedar Rapids. Oh, yeah. Cedar, <laughs> Grand Rapids is not so exciting. No, if you're going to name a film Grand Rapids, it's not going to be that good. Yes. My sister <laughs> My sister thought it was boring. And then she wrote, huh? Um, let's see. We'll move on. Tracy Foreigner. Of course, uh, we've had him on the show from uh, Indie Style. The Usual Suspects. Oh, come on. I know. Well, it, this is the subject of the show. So it's basically, that was recommended to me, and I didn't like it. Really? Yeah. Do you, I, do you know you're in the presence of Kaiser Sosi? Do you know that I figured that out like in the very beginning, and I was like, why did you didn't really? everybody else figure this out? Like, really? How is, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was in graduate school, so I was really smart then. But <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so uh, anyway. Uh, but he said, yeah, I will watch the last 15 minutes of that over and over again. My dad, after my gushing review, pl- replied with something like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Scott from Chicago writes, blood simple. My parents hated it. That's too bad. Uh, Zach from Indianapolis, Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker, my favorite movie I've ever seen, a complete masterpiece, showed it to a friend who I agree with on almost everything aesthetically and artistically. 
and he responded with, I turned it off after 15 minutes. You've got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> <laughs> kidding me, comma, man, man. period, end of quote. Uh, Robin from Indianapolis, eulogy, which I never saw. I'm going to add that. Um, Glenn from Indianapolis, Glenn White, sideways. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Any, it's a wonderful movie. It is a wonderful movie. But I, I know people that were like, huh? Because you just don't like your wine being poured by Sandra Oh and Virginia Madsen. Teresa from Indianapolis. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. From Mexico, Indiana, which I had to check. It's in Miami County. It's not a made up place. Uh, <laughs> Barton Fink, Mexico, Indiana. It's next to Peru. Um, Chris from Indiana or Minneapolis, I should say. I recommended Gummo a couple of times. That didn't go so well. I can understand that. Uh, Laura McPhee. Yes. Midnight in Paris. Like a, oh. like a lot of people, I really enjoyed it and thought it had a lot of merit, but there were several people argued that it was bad on its own and even worse as a Woody Allen film. Oh. Seemed like there were definitely two different camps on that one. Our very own Kathy Billier downstairs writes, uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Loved it. He didn't get it. Mm. Way to go, he. Um... <laughs> Who does he think he is? I, he, apparently. <laughs> Lori from Indianapolis says, Titanic. My sister said, I already know how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew from Minneapolis. Oh, he's being a smart aleck. Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo, one of the most widely disrespected <laughs> movies in the history of cinema. Also Scarface. Paul Hansen also writes, Black Swan. I took a date and it was my second time. The movie or the date? Yeah. After the film, date said, I can't believe you made me watch that. Don't judge. <laughs> it was a date with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lena from Indianapolis. I recommended House of Spirits, which had an incredible cast, none of which were of the nationality of the characters they were playing. I'm sorry, that was my ad. Mm -hmm. um, incredible cast, visually breathtaking, and it's an emotionally moving film with great spiritual message. The women didn't get the powerful message of the film at all and disliked it, mainly because it was realistic about some of the life's harsh situations. Tracy Foreigner also adds, got a lot of heat for Memento, too. <laughs> Andrea from Indianapolis. Everybody loves Last of the Mohicans. That's the only movie I ever walked out of. Really? Last of the Mohicans? My left moccasin? No. Also, <laughs> also couldn't stand Moulin Rouge, though many people whose tastes I otherwise respect recommend it to me. One of my favorites is Starship Troopers. I think it's a brilliant social satire and military culture commentary featuring beautiful people, but everybody else hates it. Okay. Uh, Grace from Indianapolis writes, Blood Simple and Barton Fink. Mm. Oh, boy. Keith from Indianapolis writes, Of all things, the African Queen. One of my all-time faves and practically raved about it to a buddy. Okay, it's your buddy. That's strike one. Uh, he came back a couple of days later with, man, that sucked. I fell asleep at, after half an hour. Aww. That's my dad's favorite movie. He actually went to go see. They have the boat, The African Queen, and he went to go see it. Really? Time. Yeah. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it when I was little and, and being amazed at how much I enjoyed it. Like yeah. feeling like, oh, this is an old-fashioned movie, and then love some action it. stuff, yeah. and love prevails, yeah. and they beat the Nazis. <laughs> um, Cindy from Carmel writes uh, the recommended movie Alice in Wonderland. Tim Burton's worst reaction: my friends storing through half of it in the theater. Oh. And we'll st I'll stop with this one. Mark Dubeck, of course, who we've had on, on the show as yep. well. I came back from the junket and raved about Up in the Air to my wife. Angela Buckman, and was so excited that I had the award screener to show them. Her and my in-laws hated it. At that time, I was thinking film of the year, and I still like Clooney in that lots, but I they thought it was they thought it was slow, stupid, and sad. Oh, it is sad. But not slow and stupid. All right. Well, maybe we'll continue this next week because I still got That's two such, pages of it's reaction. Such a, yeah, it's such a great question because everybody has stories. And like I'm that. trying not to say to any of them, what the hell's wrong with your friends? <laughs> anyway, here's some words to live by. Silent breed is people! Zardoz has spoken. Megan, Laura, thank you for hanging out. Thanks thank so you. much. Thanks, Kobe. Thanks, Matt. So, Kobe. Yep. Have fun. Mm -hmm. Of course, every year around this time, I root for a woman, a woman to win the Indianapolis 500, because then old, old racing crackers won't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> it's kind of like a black guy becoming president. All right, go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Vote for me at nouveau.net. We gone. We gone.